In this episode, I talk to Mark Violo, the founder of Micro Stories, a company which links investors together with fungi-focused startups. Billions of dollars are being invested in this fascinating and burgeoning industry. But the most exciting thing in regard to what we currently know about the applications of fungi is that we are just scratching the surface, that there's so much more out there still to learn. I'm Alex Crisp and welcome to this episode of the Future of Food podcast, The Future of Fungi, part of the Truth Talk series by TQ. Okay, so uh, thank you for agreeing to talk to me, Marco. Um, perhaps you can explain to us what it is you do. Sure, Alex. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so Micro Stories is uh, what I like to call a decentralized uh, fungi innovation network. Uh, decentralized because I want it to be uh, uh, kind of owned and contributed to uh, by the most number of folks around the world. Um, and the, the goal is really to try and foster connections, collaboration, um, dissemination, to really get more people to invest time, uh, resource, uh, and, and money into this incredible field of, of research and innovation, which is, uh, which is fungi. Uh, you know, I don't have a scientific or uh, uh, biology-related uh, background, um, but I was working on a variety of circular economy projects that were focusing on either reducing electronic waste or single-use packaging. Um, and actually my personal interest in mushrooms, even though I don't, I, I didn't actually like them as a kid, but, um, I, I lived in China for a long time and I, I, I kind of discovered the huge variety, um, uh, through Chinese restaurant menus, uh, or, um, the importance that they have in traditional Chinese medicine as well. Um, and so working the circular economy, um, you know, you can't really talk about, uh, ecology and circularity without mentioning fungi. And, uh, uh, and so that got me to do a bit of desktop research, uh, reading uh, a variety of, uh, of books on the topic. And I discovered book by book the amazing properties of the different types of fungi that they, they are. Um, and more importantly, also the, the incredible uh, role that they had to play in the evolution of our planet's ecosystem. Um, and potentially the way they have also to elevate individual and collective consciousness. Yes. I mean, you know, there's certainly a lot, a lot about fungi that people are not aware of and their importance in, in, the, uh, in the ecosystem. Could you kind of uh, sort of fill us in a little bit on what some of the, um, the roles are of fungi, uh, especially in addressing environmental challenges? Yeah, so, I mean, they they have played um, such an important role in the creation of our uh, environment and our ecosystems uh, that they're really at the at the root of many of the problems or solutions um, that are linked to our environmental challenges. Um, I, you know, I generally like to divide them in kind of four impact areas. Um, so you have 
solutions linked to ecosystems, so agriculture, forestry. You have everything linked to food. Um, you have obviously health. Uh, fungi playing a, a huge role in the development of, of new uh, uh, of new medicines. Um, and then a more nascent one is uh, biomaterials. Uh, if we look at what I think uh, is one of the huge potential of progress uh, linked to exploration of uh, fungi, fungal solutions uh, is really uh, soil ecology. Um, you know, you might know through your personal research that, you know, they play a crucial role in maintaining soil fertility, but more important, uh, more importantly, the structure of the, sto the soil, which helps to, you know, keep uh, the moisture in the ground um, and enables uh, healthy plant growth uh, through this communication and this uh, symbiosis that some type of fungi called mycorrhizal fungi um, have with plants. So about 90% of plants, uh, it's estimated, have this symbiotic relationship that enables uh, an exchange of resources effectively between the plant and the, the fungal network. Um, and so I think that this should really inspire us to rethink uh, modern agriculture uh, because Modern agriculture uses a lot of, of tilling, and as we till our fields, uh, we're effectively destroying the fungal web that lives beneath the soil. Um, and by doing this, what we're doing also is we're, we're effectively destroying one of the main living organisms that helps to store carbon in the soil. Um, uh, Mushrooms uh, are, are made of a particular molecule called glomalin. Um, and uh, glomalin survives really well under the, so the soil and has incredible carbon uh, sequestration capabilities. And there's companies uh, in the US or Australia, you have Funga in the US, Lombio in Australia, that uh, have developed their whole business models around kind of rethinking uh, forestry or agriculture uh, projects uh, by really leveraging um, uh, more, more uh, mycorrhizal fungi in, in the soil. And then you have whole lots of other um, solutions out there around you know, uh, natural pest control um, or uh, kind of fungal-based plant probiotics the same way we take probiotics for our, our own microbiome. Um, you can very much do the same thing uh, in, 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 uh, in fields and, and farms. You have a fantastic French company called Gaia Go who is, who is doing this. Um, so that's just a few examples on, I would say, uh, environments in which uh, you know, man is effectively working with nature to extract something from it. I've I've heard that they use it also in packaging as you know as an alternative for plastics and that sort of thing. Is that is that right? Yeah, of course. So you know, on the on the materials aspect, um, generally uh, we'll use mycelium, which is the root-like structure of fungi uh, that is effectively grown uh, to create a biodegradable material, a perfect alternative to to plastic in some cases, but is also used in um, in the textile industry, so as 
replacement for, for leather or, or cotton, actually. Uh, and uh, also uh, in the construction industry where you have companies like um, Micor and Portugal uh, that is uh, developing insulation panels uh, or particle boards from it. Um, with biodegradable packaging, uh, you have you know, Ecovative, uh, which is probably the leader in the space, um, which is you know, developing, has been developing alternatives to polystyrene, for example, for over 10 years now. Um, mm. And um, and then, you know, I mentioned leather. Um, and there's yeah. also, I've, I've, um, I've read there's also kind of uses of it in cleaning up kind of toxic spills or oil spills. Yeah, that's what we call, um, so mycoremediation or bioremediation, which mm. is effectively leveraging the incredible power of some uh, fungi to break down um, the toxic molecules which are in the soil. So petrochemical base, for example, um, because mycelium is made uh, out of uh, a, a network of hyphae and these hyphae have uh, the incredible ability to exert enzymes that will break down these pollutants, contaminants, and that might be in contaminated soil or water. Um, and then on that basis, have the, the capacity to effectively remediate a, a soil into um, one which is, uh, which is usable again. Mm. Um, and you have companies that are doing this in France. EFEN is one of them. Uh, you also have a, a company in, in Canada that is called MycoCycle that is um, uh, effectively aiming to create packaging out of uh, mycelium grown on uh, polluted soil. So addressing two problems uh, in one go in, in that way. Right. Okay. What are some of the unique properties uh, or capabilities of fungi that make them so valuable? Yeah, so, you know, what was interesting is that as I was, um, you know, digging uh, my own hole uh, into the incredible world of, of fungi, uh, and the more you you dig, the more you uh, you want to dig, because there's, you know, it, it feels like it's um, it's the most well-kept well secret on the planet, um, because they can do so much, uh, despite their relatively simple... Um, cellular structure. What I mean by that is that a, a mushroom can effectively, uh, or you can replicate a mushroom uh, almost identically from a tiny fragment of that mushroom. So because they're quite simple from a cellular perspective, um, well, that brings huge potential to reproduce uh, whatever mushroom you need for whatever solution you're trying to build. Mm. Um, and so despite this simplicity, they're incredibly intelligent and, and complex by nature. And when you look at the type of things that they can do, you know, we've mentioned a few uh, examples on, on concrete uh, applications. Um, but, you know, for example, uh, you know, we, we, we might all know, but without mushrooms, without yeasts, yeasts are certain, a, a type of a fungi, um, you know, we wouldn't be able to have uh, the fermentation process required to produce certain types of, of foods and, and, you know, such as bread, beer, wine. 
Um, you know, likewise, um, they have uh, incredible pharmaceutical uh, capabilities. Um, uh, so the know, pharmaceutical capabilities, you mentioned it earlier about sort of medicines and things like this. Is this, is this yeah. only connected to, to what they call magic mushrooms? Much, much wider. So I think the, the basics, uh, and we can go back to um, uh, the first half of the 20th century, is that, uh, you know, many fungi produce compounds with medicinal properties, um, including antibiotics. For example, uh, penicillin, uh, the, the drug comes from, uh, from a mushroom. Uh, and then you have all sorts of other uh, pharmaceutical properties, uh, such as immunosuppressants, uh, anti-cancer drugs. Um, and, um, you know, they have already significantly impacted modern medicine, uh, as we know. And because um, we now have the ca capability to DNA sequence uh, much more of these mushrooms, and just to give you an estimation, there's about 5 million mushrooms uh, estimated out there. There's about a thousand, a hundred thousand that we know, and there's about a thousand that we have DNA sequence. So there's just so much more that we will learn from it. And so beyond psychedelics, and, and I'll get to it, you have, you know, the whole uh, pharmaceutical that I mentioned, then you have um, something that we refer in the mushroom lingo to as functional mushrooms. So these are mushrooms that have health properties on top of uh, the, the proteins that they that they bring. So you'll have, for example, uh, probiotics, um, which will su support your gut health. Uh, the most common known are, are the turkey tail, Tramites versicolor, or the reishi mushroom, Ganoderma lucidum, um, that are you know shown to exert probiotic effects. Um, by helping your, your microbiome uh, and helping its balance. Um, and then you have others that are getting um, really popular in the whole um, uh, neuroprotective um, uh, type of, of health supplements. Uh, so helping uh, and supporting your brain, brain health. So lion's mate, for example, um, is, is known to possess incredible capacity for neurogenesis, which is effectively... Um, the creation of new neurons in your your brains and more connections and pathways between the between these. Uh, so this can you know directly uh, impact, for example, uh, neurogen neurodegenerative diseases such as uh, Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's. Um, you know, and there's so much more research that needs to go into this field in order to to drive that um, health. Uh, fungal solution space forward. And then obviously you've got the, the psychedelics. Um, you know, there was huge stigma in the 20th century around these, but, you know, uh, psilocybin mushrooms have been used for, uh, yes, uh, over, over hundreds of thousands of years, because we, we know that um, as a as Homo erectus and early Homo sapiens used to uh, to consume uh, magic mushrooms, uh, and there's traces throughout history um, that date uh, are are quite close relationship between humans and and magic mushrooms, and you know they were um, kind of uh, frowned upon um, 
for uh, kind of religious and then political reasons. Uh, but now they're really starting to sprout out. Um, Quite literally, and, and yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes. And you have, you know, you have like the John Hopkins University that has done, ex, ex, you know, ex, extremely well documented research on their potential to cure uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD, and, and so forth. So uh, definitely watch that space. I know that reindeers also like their magic mushrooms, don't they, apparently? It's it's unusual, isn't it? If, if they're so uh, useful in so many ways, why they are still the world's you know best kept secret. And, and so what mm. is it about them that means that we don't know about them? Yeah, so, you know, I think, um, first of all, they are, you know, most mushrooms are actually uh, micro in their size. Uh, People tend to focus on what they can see. uh, And uh, the mushroom itself is only the fruiting body of the the fungi. Uh, And most mushrooms don't even have a fruiting body. Uh, You have mushroom in your gut, you have uh, you have fungi in your gut. There's fungi floating in the air, spores. Um, and so uh, I think there's this, uh, you know, obviously you you tend to focus on what you can see more. Then I, I mentioned the kind of social uh, stigma around, around this, uh, but this only in uh, um, the, the Western world, you know, they've always been a huge part of culture, uh, in uh, Asian populations, in, uh, especially in China and Japan and Taiwan. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I, I do believe that the recent progress uh, into science, what we've seen over the, the past 50 years, for example, um, are really enabling us to uncover the w- wonderful potential and the incredible diversity um, of uh, mushroom strains out there and what each of them can do um, in in the fields that I mentioned earlier. So, I mean, is it, um, I suppose there's a couple of obvious things that spring to mind that, uh, you know, that the name itself kind of fungus puts people off it because it's, you know, it it, it has kind of connotations of, of, you know, things going you know, moldy and 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 bad. Mm. Also, uh, and also, there's the fear. People don't really trust it because they don't know what's going to kill them and what's going to, you know, what's what's going to make them better. So, you know, is there is it because of these things, or you know, are there other reasons why it's been, you know, why their potential has been largely un, untapped? Um, you know, you could you could you could. Um, look at the what is required basically to um, to scale up different types of uh, mushroom projects or to, to bring these to, to market you okay. I guess you have been like, a lot of investment has there been lots of uh, of new investment in the industry I suppose that's I suppose that's what you can tell us right I mean is this is this all changing now is 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 there lots of money coming into the industry yeah absolutely I mean um, especially in the last decade, um, you know, we've seen, um, I think in 2015, you probably had about 30 companies globally working um, with 
you know, what we would call fungal innovation startups uh, were probably around, you know, 200. I've recently published a map on MicroStories with 200 players working with fungal solutions. I'm sure there's many more out there. And these are sprouting all over the world. Um, and in terms of in terms of numbers, um, I think uh, the latest number I have in mind was uh, in 2022. It was uh, over 1.5 billion US being invested by uh, VCs and and other uh, investors. And then this number is expected to double by by 2030. Um, and when you start actually digging in the the main um, areas that are attracting the most investment, which I would say is, you know, leading um, is, is definitely food. You have companies like uh, Nature Spine. Uh, I think they've raised up to date close to half a million, uh, half a billion uh, US dollars. They're, they're valued close to 2 billion already. Yeah, so they, uh, they found a, a unique mushroom in, uh, in Yellowstone in the National Park. Um, and uh, they effectively divide, uh, um, derived uh, a whole alternative protein uh, product range from that, that mushroom. So it's effectively an alternative to um, your, your meat type protein. So to develop, you know, uh, alternative, you know, bacons, meat patties, etc. Et and then you have uh, Beyond Food and textiles. Textile, I would say, is the second most um invested fungal um solutions markets with uh you have companies like bolt threads also i think uh raised close to half a billion um or or microworks um a a silicon valley company that raised close to uh 200 million and these are companies already valued you know around half a billion to to a billion dollars so you know uh, none of the none of these have gone IPO yet, but there's there's really promising uh, amounts of investment, um, and and there's definitely buzz in the investment space around both of these. And then and then you have the kind of material space, so like packaging or kind of constructions, where um, you know the numbers are are less in terms of investment, but you know they still see um, they a number of, of new players. So. And the packaging space, as I mentioned, Ecovative, they, I think they probably raised around 80 million by now. Um, then you've got a, a smaller player in Italy, Mogu, uh, who raised around three to three to four million, I believe. Um, and then I, I mentioned MicroCycle, um, who actually just closed last week uh, a 2.2 million round. Uh, and, and they focus on the, the bioremediation piece um, and that's something where I believe there's, uh, you know, there needs to be a much uh, greater amount of money invested because, you know, the, the potential uh, there is huge, uh, but we, we just need, uh, yeah, more, more people to, uh, to, to work together to, to, to develop this, uh, this space. And they, for example, they, uh, they have a, a capacity to uh, transform plastic waste uh, into uh, mycelium, which can then be used for other purposes. Right. And so do you work with these companies? Um, you know, what's your role? So, so the, the goal with MicroStories is first and foremost to be the 
the mycelium within the fungal solution uh, yeah. industry. So making sure because um, actually all of this information is incredibly scattered and because it's a nascent space, there needs to be, the, the, the space will only benefit from shared knowledge, from uh, shared talent uh, for, you know, making sure that uh, smaller companies that are doing great work have the visibility that they deserve. Uh, are able to be connected uh, to uh, in different investment sources, are able to find the talent that they seek. Um, and, and this is what Micro Stories effectively helps to do. So one, obviously, to act as a, uh, an awareness building platform, showcasing all of these uh, great entrepreneurs and, and companies, uh, but also enable them to, to get connected to um, uh what their business needs might be and uh how do you do that uh micro stories is a relatively recent project um mm -hmm. it's about six six months old um and so at the moment um it's it's going mostly through me uh but you know there is uh incredible appetites and and great feedback from all of the people i've been speaking with uh, speaking with up to date um, to help grow this platform in, in uh, something that could be uh, much more automatized um, and, uh, and that would enable people to effectively uh, connect directly via the platform and being able to have access to um, industry information uh, or um, particular uh, kind of information about different players, uh, enabling better due diligence and so forth everybody's working together right everybody's sort of sharing information and 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 mm. making it all public and and that sort of thing so it's um and so in a way i'm trying to do the same thing as you i'm trying to to kind of communicate and bring people together i mean i think it's so important because um you know when you're working with um a solution which is in in many cases unproven uh you know uh, if you look at uh, new fungi-based uh, al alternative uh, protein products uh, might, or if you look at um, some of the functional uh, mushroom products, health supplements that I've, I've mentioned, you know, they face a lot of uh, regulatory and safety concerns. Um, if you try and bring these products to the market, you're going to uh, have to deal with uh, certification, uh, testing, uh, you're going to have hurdles around compliance based on the markets that you wish to, to release them. Uh, and if you're a young company, these are all like huge hurdles that generally require a fair amount of, of budget to overcome. Um, you know, and then you also have uh, problems around patents. So you had, you know, uh, both in the, in the food or in the materials industry, you have uh, some of the early players that are that have put patents in place that uh, unfortunately are are preventing new players from uh, being able to fully explore this um, the the potential of working with fungi to develop new solutions. Um, and so, you know, likewise, open access to information, and you 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 you've mentioned it. I yeah. think is is what has built the space so far. You know, we have a, a, a common uh, terminology uh, to talk about the uh, 
the, the, the mushroom fanatics out there is, you know, we're, we're all citizen scientists and, uh, yes. and it's by sharing the results of personal research of uh, kind of home uh, lab experiments uh, that the field has grown to what it is today, obviously on top of, you know, massive amounts of uh, pharmaceutical investment over the last um, 50 years. Um, but yeah, so you have these macro factors, you know, and that, and I'm not even talking about the macroeconomic, uh, the, the, the other factors looking at, uh, you know, the current, uh, uh situation from an economic standpoint, uh, yes. Look, uh, yes, which, and I'm, I'm quite surprised at the numbers you were mentioning, like, um, half a billion. And, and, uh, I suppose a lot of that was before, uh, things started going bad in the economy, perhaps. Yeah, when I mentioned uh, Nature's Fine, for example, um, or, or Bolt Threads, you know, we're, we're talking about companies that have been around for a number of years, raising yeah. Series E, Series E, uh, Ecovative, likewise, you know, they've been doing this for over 10 years where the investment landscape was, was definitely kinder uh, and had a greater appetite for risk. Um, you know, the, the, the issue that I think a lot of uh, startups within the fungal solution industry are facing now is that in order to scale uh, production, um, you, you have a, a number of variables that are uh, capital intensive. You know, your, your, your space requirements for large scale fungal cultivation uh, is, is going to require, you know, a factory, you're going to require bioreactors if you're working with al alternative protein cultivation. Um, and, and, you know, uh, this is obviously potentially higher risk than investing in a, in a software company. Of course. Uh, where, where the model has been proven a thousand um, times. What is, uh, you know, what is the most exciting or groundbreaking uh, advancement in the field of fungi? What is the thing that is going uh, to surprise people? Yeah, thanks. Um, look, uh, these are not necessarily super mediatized, but, um, you know, I think gen generative design, um, so basically using biomimicry uh, to inspire ourselves of the way uh, fungi uh, develops itself in order to, um, to create new types of uh, structures that are effectively um, uh, as optimized structurally but without this, but using uh, an optimized amount of material, and and fungi is extremely capable of organizing itself like that. Uh, so you know, looking to nature and looking to fungi uh, as we design uh, physical environments or objects. I'll, I'll I'll give you an example. The uh, the Eiffel Tower. Um, uh, was structurally uh, inspired uh, by the the use of uh, a particular type of uh, slime mold by a Japanese researcher who effectively uh, uh, put a fragment of slime mold in the center of Tokyo and then put uh, different uh, pieces of oats uh, in the periphery of Tokyo that represented the population density of these parts of Tokyo. And then the slime mold within tw 28 hours 
effectively developed itself to go and colonize the entire space uh, where these pieces of oats were, and then were able to optimize the pathways between each piece of oat. Um, in, and what the researchers found is that this was exactly the map of uh, the Tokyo Metro. So what urban designers probably uh, brainstormed on and spent a number of years to develop, uh, a, slime mold, a slime mold did in, in 28 hours. Thank you very much for talking to us. Uh, it was, it, I, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll communicate more in the future. Yeah, well, the, Alex, the pleasure was all mine. Um, okay. You know, I want to leave people uh, with a desire to go and and start their own learning journey uh, or deepen their learning journey. Uh, it's such a fantastic and exciting space to learn more of, and there's there's some fantastic resources out there. Mm. Um, so you know, feel free to visit microstories.com. Um, there's a lot of information there as well. Um, and uh, thanks again for the opportunity. Okay, well, thank you very much, Mark, and um, we'll catch up again soon.